Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh, my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're going to love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest news shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Bohm, here with Ali Herbert-Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, good to see you. This week, we're talking about two brand new things. Hi, John. This week, we've got Smartless, which is a new six-part documentary series based on the podcast of the same name. And we have a little show from Manhattan called And Just Like That Season 2, which is back, plus our dinner party recommendations. Well, should we get very meta and talk about a podcast on a podcast that's been turned into a TV show? Let's go. You're telling me there's going to be someone in every one of those seats? We've made a huge mistake. I'm nervous. You know what we have to say? Oh. Welcome to to Smartland! Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes take their wildly successful podcast on a live tour of the US in the new docuseries Smartless on the Road. Shot in black and white, the six-part series features an array of special guests, including Will Ferrell, David Letterman, Matt Damon, Conan O'Brien, and more. Ali, as very familiar as I am with the three gentlemen I mentioned who host this podcast, I had not actually listened to the podcast before checking out this show, and I can confidently say I'd now want to check it out. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I haven't listened to all of them, but I have listened to a few of them. I remember it came out during COVID when everyone was locked down and listened to a couple of the episodes. I think they come out every Monday. Every week in the podcast, you have a guest that joins, but the other two, one person's role is to invite the guest and the other two people don't know who's coming. So they can't kind of prep for the interview. So you get this kind of natural response of the other two guys responding to the guest. So what I liked in this series in the television version, they're effectively, they've taken their podcast show on the road and they're doing live events across a number of US cities. And there's three of them kind of sitting on a stage and just watching them have a conversation, but they bring the mystery guest element to the stage show as well. So that continues. So anyone that knows the podcast, you'll be happy to hear that happens, which is why you get such a cool array of special characters, like you said, and special celebrities that join. What I really liked about this is in some ways it's kind of like slow TV. There's a lot of time in every episode of them traveling to the location. So they're traveling to New York, they're traveling to Chicago, So you see them getting there. They're often, you know, successful people. So they're on private planes and things like that. But it's the downtime of them, effectively three adult men hanging out. And the conversations that you see them have is what I really liked about this show. I felt like you were kind of hanging out with people that you might know. And there's one episode, I think it's episode four or five. We can kind of make a bit of fun and say, oh, these you know, lucky people sitting on a private plane, but there's one episode and they're talking about their childhoods and their type of parenting that they grew up with. And they all had very different youth and and different family structures. I haven't seen a male conversation like this happen on television because they're talking about their roles as dads, how they parent. Jason Bateman's making a comment about that he could be a better father, that he's watching Will Arnett and going, as we've been on the road, I've really seen how much you, as an active father, even when you're traveling and you're not around, how good you are at a dad. And it makes me realize that I'm a bit selfish and I could be better. And then Sean Hayes is commenting, he doesn't have children himself, so he's kind of commenting on that. And then they go into a long conversation about how they were raised. And I just, I know there's a lot, there's a lot of privilege here and there's, you know, you're watching three very successful people, but 
it was actually the when they're not on stage and they were traveling and you were just seeing the genuine friendship. These guys have been friends for 20, 25 years. They've all kind of come up and grown up through addiction, alcohol addiction, broken marriages, lots of things that have happened over their lives. It hasn't all kind of gone smoothly and they've all got such a different point of view and they're all really different people. So when you see them just respond to something, they each have such a different reaction, which I think I found really interesting. One of them kind of has quite a lot of anxiety. One of them is using comedy all the time. And I felt like I got to know them even more than when you listen to them on the podcast by watching that play out in the documentary. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that could go very poorly in in a documentary like this, especially with three such big stars, is that they could just be like performatively on the whole time and they could be trying to one-up each other and all that. But like from the opening scene, which is like literally on a private jet, you can see how comfortable they are with each other. They're joking. They're like pranking. You can tell that there's this sincerity and love amongst the three of them, which I found incredibly endearing. And the other thing that I found really interesting was these guys, like these guys are massive celebrities and there's obviously a comfort that comes from being together and having that kind of shared experience where if it was just like Will Arnett doing a stage show, it wouldn't be as interesting a behind the scenes look because it'd just be him going from hotel to hotel with his like assistants or whatever. But you can see it's almost bonding them together a bit. It's also something I'd not seen on television. Like, yeah, that kind of friendship at that level. They're obviously very successful, but they're they're kind of grounded in it. Like there's this other scene and Jason Bateman says to Will, like, if you could click your fingers and have the perfect career, like what would it look like? And, you know, you, these guys are all you know, very wealthy, one would imagine, and, and successful. And Will's talking about like his goal in life is to be happy ultimately and to kind of try and stay employed and have a fulfilling career. And then Jason Bateman starts to talk about the fact that he, and he, I, I don't know if he has anxiety, but he's he's quite fastidious about his food and his routines and they pay him out a little bit about it. But he talks about being a, a kind of sent to work at age 10 as a child star on Little House on the Prairie and kind of becoming the main breadwinner for his family. And then the responsibility that I didn't realize this, but in order to be a child actor, you have to continue to have a, you, know, you have to kind of pass a, a working certificate which effectively means you have to be doing okay at school or you know you're not at school but kind of still passing your test to be allowed to stay on set so he's talking about like the responsibility of kind of providing for his family but also providing for keeping the show running you know what I mean and I just was like he's 10 and then so like he's not like the normal child actor you might have that kind of has it all. I just found his whole experience just sitting around casually talking about something about his childhood. He wasn't doing it in like a listen to me, whoa, whoa kind of way. It was just like, how interesting. Like it's a really different perspective. And I felt like, yeah. I feel like you get to know them a lot more from watching. Will especially, I felt was quite vulnerable in a lot of them. Like he kind of comes out as this like, you know, super pro well, guy, like- you know, really athletic, confident, good looking, like that kind of like alpha guy. And then he's quite it's disarming how honest he is as it goes on for most of his career I've thought of Will Arnett as just Job from Arrested Development it is really nice to see those moments like before they go out or like on their way to something and they're like what if the audience talks back it's kind of comforting to see that there's a nervousness and anxiety that comes at any point in in, in your career especially you know going out into a room of thousands of people yeah and I, I don't know I think there's something cool about showing male friendship even if it's from these you know very successful Hollywood people's point of view I just I really liked that I thought it was refreshing and I hadn't seen something like that and yeah more of it I I say 
Yeah. Well, I look forward to us uh, filming our Australian tour of Skip Intro <laughs> one day for a, a binge original. <laughs> but we would be like that. We'd be talking about food and travel. Yeah. Like, if that's sick, what do you feel like, John? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, didn't, I found it. I just felt like when I sat down and watched this, it was like sitting down and hanging out with friends. And I found it super comforting. When I finished the first episode, I was like, that was really nice. You kind of walk away from it being like, these guys are cool. Anyway, all episodes of Smartless on the Road are streaming for you right now on Binge. Now we're going to go live on tour. Please welcome Mr. David Letterman. Nothing else. Kevin Hart. I asked you, is there a dress code? You said tuxedos and cool sunglasses. Harry, Miranda, and Charlotte are back for a second season of In Just Like That, the sequel series to Sex in the City that now sees our leading ladies navigating life in their 50s. You don't move on because you're ready to. You move on because you've outgrown who you used to be. I've repurposed my kitchen. Did you know stoves aren't just for storage? Ali, I know we've just spoken about a podcast. This is also another show that has a podcast in it. But little fun fact, do you remember the show we talked about on the first episode of this podcast? I have a feeling it might have been in Just Like That. It's in Just Like That. And Love Me because it was at the end of 2021. So, yeah, and Just Like That had just come back, hadn't it? So we're 18 months since then. So episode 70. Gosh, we've all... Been talking and doing a lot of television since then, haven't we, John? But yeah, so just like that is back. How many episodes are in the second season? 11. 11. And we had the first yeah. two drop at once. So we've got, and then yeah. it's one episode a week on a yeah, Thursday. So the finale is August 24th. Awesome. Okay. You've still got a good run ahead of you. <laughs> My feelings on this were, I, I was a massive Sex and City fan growing up, loved it. And I know last season, controversial split the room, lots of people loved it, lots of people, you know, controversy, the peloton, the bike, Mr. Big, blah, blah, blah. I felt like after watching the first two episodes of season two that it was like how Sex and the City used to feel where you would have a half an hour episode that could just be following one quite small story or, you know, whoever someone was dating that week. You know, it wasn't always these enormous things happening, whereas in season one you had spoiler, big dying, and then, you know, his funeral and then something else enormous and she's going to Paris. It was like really big stuff. And so it meant that if you weren't a big fan or you didn't like how it was being people responding to things and you also had all these extra characters coming in and kind of bedding them down a little bit. I felt like straight away for first few episodes of season two, the balance between the kind of three original characters and some of the new friendships, we felt a little bit, it had just kind of, got into its groove a lot more as the season went on and that wasn't as introducing a whole lot of people. It kind of was like, okay, this is familiar. I felt like I was settling in like I used to on Monday nights many years ago and just following these people in their lives in New York. Some of the noisy controversy of season one has subsided and I was just like, oh, I'm just back following these people. Nobody knew if and just like that was just going to be a one-off thing or who knew if it was going to return or anything. Season one definitely there were some big band-aids ripped off. There were some big earthquake moments in the Sex and the City cinematic universe. And yeah, to your point, watching the first two episodes of season two felt like Sex and the City episodes. They just felt like they were going to the Met and there was like a problem with the dress. And then at the end, Carrie did like a witty voiceover. The original Sex and City, there was lots of sex that wasn't like life-changing. This person's meant for you, soulmate sex. It was just like, sometimes it's 
fun sex. Sometimes it's fast sex. Sometimes it's meaningful sex. You know, and I, I felt like that that was just a little bit back with the, even where her relationship was and it wasn't taking itself quite so seriously. It is quite fancy, isn't it? Sex and City was always kind of showing a particular side to New York and they well, yes. to have a nice life. <laughs> well, speaking of the three wealthy men from Smartless, we've got some very successful women in and just like that, enjoying their lives. So aren't they just so every Thursday until what did you say the end of August? Yeah, until August 24th. Of course, season one is sitting for you on binge, as well as the I should point this out, excellent and just like that, the documentary, which yes. is at the end of season one, which was like one of the best sort of behind the scenes docos I've seen for anything. So that's definitely worth checking out. And of course, every episode of the original series, which is if you've not watched it recently, it's been beautifully remastered in HD and widescreen and everything. So if you've not watched it since it first aired, yeah, it's definitely worth a rewatch. And as we talk about podcasts, there's a really great companion podcast to stand just like that, which is The Writer's Room. So if you're, if you're a fan of this and you want to know more and you want to hear from the writers of what they're trying to create every week, HBO are dropping an episode on that. So one for the fans. Awesome. Yeah. So as Ali said, new episodes of In Just Like That are released weekly on Thursday on Binge with the finale streaming August 24th. I thought I was doing so well. I got through that whole first year. The way you've moved on, we're so proud of you. Life's too short not to try something new. John, dinner party recommendation time, the kind of shows over dinner with our friends, we recommend you to watch things on binge that mm, people might not know about or that you are going to tell us what we should take note. What's yours this week? Mine is a brand new stand-up special, which has just dropped, but I know it's really hard to like make a bunch of noise about stand-up specials. So that's why I always, when I get the opportunity, want to give it a shout out. It's a brand new one. It's from John Early and it's called Now More Than Ever. If you're not familiar with John Early, you might know him from Search Party or he's a voice on The Great North. He's also in The the After Party. That Oh, yeah that series. So yeah, you'll know him if you see him. He's an excellent comic, always plays really, really funny characters. And this stand-up special is really interesting for a few reasons. It's broadly framed, speaking of Smartless, it's broadly framed as like a concert documentary. So like a mockumentary almost, like there's mm-hmm. behind the scenes stuff of him shouting at his crew and getting in trouble with the people who've rented the concert hall and all that kind of stuff. So it's like half spinal tappy, but then intercut with the actual stage show, which gives it an opportunity to like do some sketches and be a bit broader than just a guy talking into a microphone. But yeah, it's really, really engaging. He's super funny. And there's like a couple of musical numbers. Part of the conceit is that he's like fronting a cover band. But yeah, I think he's excellent. Laugh out loud funny. Yes, hilarious. Like I had to, like, I feel like I was a person on TikTok, but like I recorded my laptop to like send some people jokes from it, (laughs) just to like send them the footage. Really, really enjoyed it. Check it out. John Early, now more than ever, is my dinner party recommendation. One of my favorite perks about being gay is when I'm no more than three words into a story. Bowling is hell. Anal is so good. I can't count. It was a really simple prompt. I just have to laugh. And the person across from me is like, I can't. I was going to do a shout out this week to the Australian series, The Twelve, which we have on Binge season one, which came out last year because we've just announced that season two is coming and that we start shooting soon in Perth and rural Western Australia. Um, could, could you say it will feature rural jurors? Rural jurors. It's a 30 rock joke. 
Oh. In, in 30 Rock, she's in a TV show called The Rural Juror. Oh, my God. I missed that because I was actually mm-hmm. thinking what I can and cannot say about the yeah. season. So you got me. I actually can't even say Rural Jura very well. Rural Jura, yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. Anyway, the 12th season one, all episodes on binge. But we've also just had the announcement for the Logie Awards, which will get announced at the end of July. And the 12 is the most nominated series of the year. It's got nine nominations, including most popular drama and which you can please vote on if you liked it, but also most outstanding drama, which is the kind of industry voted awards as well. So that's super cool. And Colin from Accounts, our comedy also got lots of nominations. So that'll be coming out in a few weeks. That's coming up in a few weeks and Logies. But if you haven't seen the 12, Highly recommend it. It's one of those really twisty whodunit series. And I think when it came out, it was dropped every week and there was kind of cliffhangers in each episode. But because all episodes, all 10 episodes are there to binge. Yeah, if you're looking for a really good, almost British style crime series, it's a murder told through the viewpoint of the jury, which is a really diverse cross-section as well of people that juries are, obviously representative of our society. So you're seeing, yeah, really different points of view on, on what's unfolding and really well done. So I recommend the 12. In a case that has shocked the nation, the trial of Kate Lawson will begin today. From here on, the most important thing is how you appear to the jury. Your look your behavior they'll be watching you they'll be forming opinions this week on skip intro we discussed smartless on the road we talked about the new season of in just like that i recommended that you check out john early's new comedy special now more than ever and ali reminded us to all go and vote for the 12 and colin from accounts in in the logies this year Woo! all of these are streaming for you now on binge which of course you can find on your favorite device I'm John Bolm, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Christy Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro. <laughs>